The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace, you can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hello, hello everyone. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth on this fine, rainy morning here in Portland, Oregon. And I am uh, here at the Visual Workplace. I welcome you. I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. And each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living dynamic landscape of work through visual devices and visual systems. And that intelligence, the intelligence of our operational system is our intelligence. Through visual devices, we install the language of our current operational system, the details. We may be excellent. We may soon be excellent. We may soon get more excellent than we are now. But when we use visual devices to capture the details of our operational system, we have the opportunity of embedding the entire system so it becomes coterminous. It becomes melded with the system itself, the process itself, the operational floor, whether you're in a hospital, in an office, in a factory, in an open pit mine. When we make the level of our current understanding concrete and specific by way of visual devices, visual mini systems and systems, we can literally see how we think. And we can predict how that thinking will function, we actually see our thinking function. We've captured it. And why do we bother? We bother, we, <laughs> we bother for the incredible bottom line benefits in terms of improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs. When we implement on the operations operator level, on the touch or value-add level, we see consistently a 15% increase in productivity and for those of you who work in the world of productivity, you know 6% is a percentage to be celebrated. And that's just operator level. When you get an entire network of visual devices working together, you have a vibrant and deeply communicated, deeply nested system of work. Mm-hmm. We also do it for the splendid cultural alignment, the spirit and the engagement of workforce. When we liberate information through visual devices, we liberate the human will. And that will can then decide to align with the corporate intent. And we enjoy ourselves along the way. The enterprise becomes a place that we go to to think, to exercise different parts of our capability, 
besides just our hands and our feet. And I say to that, oh, wonderful. So welcome, welcome, and welcome to our show today, which is the final in a long series of about seven shows on the evolution of 5S into operator-led visuality, into the technologies of the visual workplace. And today we're going to focus on translating information into behavior. It's the results show, and I'll be sharing the results of four, five, six companies as we move through today's program. I have very few announcements. First, I want to welcome, I want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, which comes next week. We'll be uh, putting a show on, if we can prepare it in time, we will put on an interview Actually, a conversation that I had about four months ago with a leader in India. His name is Venu Srinivasan. He's the head of the TVS Sundaram Clayton Group. And he is doing amazing work, not just with his company, but with a foundation that supports many of the villages, or let's say the whole level of villages, the village level in India. And we are... uh, refining that recording right now so that, so that it fits within our 46 minutes. If we can pull it together, it will be a way that we say thanks and we share with you the work of this man, which is so compelling and so very, very inspiring. So next week, there's going to be an encore show, and uh, we hope you tune in nevertheless. We will, show, we will play that particular show several times. We have our featured product of the month, which uh, many of you are responding to, and that is our podcast bundles for download. There's nearly 150 of them. There's a catalog of podcasts, which are going to make even more available, more visible for you. That's on our podcast library page. So please take advantage of that. There's 10, 12 podcasts per bundle, and you can download them, listen to them anywhere. All of our podcasts are free for streaming, all of them. And please visit our, please visit our website, visualworkplace.com, and please sign up as a member. On the free level, it's fine, and you'll get lots of goodies, including our weekly newsletter, The Visual Thinker. You can just send in your email and we will send it to you. You needn't become a member, although there are a lot of other benefits that are free. (laughs) They're free if you do become a member. And I want to thank uh, everyone as well for your letters and your examples for our newsletter. Cindy Linden, our editor and communications VP, is using them and loving them, and we think that you enjoy them very much as well. So please send your whatevers, your emails and your examples to radio at visualworkplace.com. Call us if you want to directly, 503-233-1784. Those are our offices, 503-233-1784. And let's stay in touch. Yeah, let's stay connected. So, and now let's begin today's show. You know, last week I was talking to you about the four musketeers. I was talking to you about the four elements or the four components that make visuality a powerful intervention, a powerful paradigm of change, a big change. The four components are we recognize information deficits as the enemy, we see that motion moving without working is the measure by which we can find the enemy. We know that visual devices or visuality is the solution 
and we know that the engine to this change is the individual, is the I. Please don't think for a moment that we don't want and respect teams. We do. But we want teams that know that they're made up of individuals. We want teams where everyone brings to the conversation and to the transformation a brain that is fully engaged, a heart that is connected, and a person who stands in their own right. And in doing this, we create fantastic visual solutions that are just right for us, just right for us. So this is beyond 5S. This is operator-led visuality. I used to call it 5S on steroids, but operator-led visuality gives you much more the sense of what this is about. And I called them, if you remember last week, the four musketeers, these four elements, Athos and Porthos and Aramis and D'Artagnan. The problem, missing information. So when we do 5S and get rid of the clutter and clean, it is a way for us to be able to see what is actually missing, which is the information, what is not there. Second musketeer, the lever, is the metric or the shovel that we use to dig in further that's motion, moving without working. It is a measurement system with a single enemy. The enemy is information deficits, but this enemy is invisible. And so we have to find it first. We have to open our eyes. We have to learn to see. We have to learn to see what's not there. The solution, we will replace missing information with embedded information, visual devices, these sensory devices. They will replace the missing answers, and they will hold the information that the questions pose. A question is a missing answer, so let's embed the answer. And the engine, as I mentioned a moment ago, is us on the hunt, each one of us, training our eyes, the eye of the individual, us who are closest to the process, the power of the eye. You know, I did an interesting little bit of research in preparation for this show. I was thinking about the population of the world. Let me kind of lead into this in a slightly different way. It was about the year 2000, the turn of this century, the millennium, that marked for me the beginning of, say, the middle of my journey into the new formulation, the movement away uh, away from 5S as a possibility for mm, revitalizing and transforming the shop floor. I began to recognize its limitations, while at the same time recognizing It's incredible contribution. It's just a limited contribution. We started using at the time the term 5S on steroids because we and the folks, the team that I work with here and also out on the floors of many, many companies around the world, we recognized that this was something special. But I wanted to go even further. And our client companies were responding. They wanted to get more and more visual. They wanted the devices, Lockheed Martin, Motorola, Siemens, Murata Industries, Denison Hydraulics, uh, Parker Hannafin, Boston Scientific. They were just recently in touch. They wanted to get more and more visual. 
they understand the they understood the impact on productivity, but they also saw that the inventiveness that visuality provided ignited the workforce on a deeper and more complete level. What it ignited, even though devices were the result, is a deeper understanding of the work content that was very motivated. It was motivated because of this investigation of motion and information deficits. Literally, when information is missing from the workplace, you cannot see it. By definition, that's the point. You can only see its symptom, motion. And today I want to talk about the behaviors that come from that investigation, the connection of those four things, the problem information, the lever motion, the solution visuality, and the engine us, the I, the individual. We're moving into our first break, and I'll tell you more. We'll talk more when you get back. I'll be here. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back. Hi, this is Gwendolyn, and welcome to the second part of our show today here at the Visual Workplace. We were talking about the four musketeers, and we were talking about motion and information deficits just before the break. You know, information deficits are like the microbes, germs, before we had the telescope. I beg your pardon, before we had the microscope. Germs, invisible and yet causative. Unfindable mysteries might as well have not been there. We don't see them. How can they exist? This is the way it was in the 14th century, where all we could see was a lot of sick people, very sick. The population during the 14th century literally dwindled by millions as the plague, the Black Death, spread through the Mediterranean and through Europe. The estimate is that it killed 30 to 60 percent of 30 to 60. That's a broad range because there was no population count. There was an approximation and there was no one counting the bodies either. But 30 to 60 percent of Europe's total population from an estimated, again estimated, 450 million to about 350 million in the 14th century. They're gone, just gone. Why did they go? What killed them? We don't know. Invisible, germs, microbes, causative, but we couldn't find them. We couldn't find them. We blamed people. We blamed the stars. Mm-hmm. We blamed many things. We blamed foreigners who came into our country. That's the way it is with motion and information deficits. Information deficits are an invisible menace. They happen millions of times a day throughout this great country and this great world of ours. And if there's anything that we've learned in this, the beginning of the nano age, it's that lots of little things repeated add up to something very, very big, something gigantesque, colossal. This came home to me in a very beautiful way in working with my colleague, who is the head of continuous improvement at Brandt Engineer Products, Stuart Bellamy. Stuart had been working at Brandt for literally decades, and then he morphed over into continuous improvement as that came onto the scene about 20 years ago. Still with Brandt, always with Brandt. He's a practitioner of the first order. This is in Canada, in the Regina area. He had been following my work for a number of years, and he really took a shine to visuality and incorporated it deeply into his work. I consider him a peer and a contributor of the first order. Now he's on his own, and he's bringing his incredible expertise to companies in addition to Brandt. And you can find him under Stuart Bellamy in Regina if you should be uh, working in the area or have a company. Give him a call, and he will help you. So he's a student, he's a researcher, he's a practitioner, and while he was at Brandt, up until just earlier this year, Brandt, which is a group of five companies with a combined annual sales a couple of years ago of a million dollars, a billion dollars, a billion dollars, I remember I got a a postcard from the uh, head of Brandt and it said, we made our first billion, and I thought, how charming to send out a postcard to let us know that you've made your first billion. I'm sure you're very proud, (laughs) but you know, it's kind of like a, a strange combination 
a piece of information on a postcard that says we made our first billion. I really wish I had kept that, uh, but I remember the moment. They have about 1,200 employees in five different companies, and they are very, very, very complex. They have a very high complexity in their product line. They make... um, Earth-moving equipment and other equipment that works out in nature, big, complex, and customized. Low-volume, high-mix. Just the kind of environment where you say you can't get any transformation going because there's no repeatability. Well, Stuart has become a master of this, and he says, Pooey, there certainly is repeatability. The repeatability has to do with the repeats on information deficits. And he broke it down to the tiny, tiny level. And I'm quoting now, I'm going to quote someone from the shop floor who said, he, who said this, I used to spend at least five minutes every hour looking for tools and parts and information or waiting for them or just wandering around. That adds up. I lost at least 19 days every year. He actually said 19.6 days every year. And there were 200 of me on the floor. And then he did the math. He said, that's over 31,000 lost hours every year, and we don't even know it's going. We don't even see it. So Stewart had broken down the impact of information deficits and rolled it up into an annualized figure that makes sense to all of us. We see the impact of this invisible cause, information deficits. The world of work shares a single basic transaction, and it's used millions of times a day. It is the translation of vital information into human behavior, into machine behavior. But operationalizing that formula, the translation of vital information into behavior, is not that simple. Because workplace information changes often and quickly. Schedules, customer requirements, engineering specs operational methods, tooling and fixture needs, material location. If you've ever worked in a military depot, that has great meaning. The location of material is constantly changing because we're disassembling the product before we can reassemble it. And so everything goes off in different locations, sometimes never to return. Amazing. There are thousands of details on which the daily life of any enterprise depends. But to share that information, most companies depend on mechanisms that cannot support that level of, that level of information. And I'm talking about the computer as well. They also depend on on-the-job training, classroom training, binders of SOPs, reference manuals, online instructions, blueprints. Of course, we need them, but we can't exactly depend on them for everything. They hold some secrets, but not all secrets. The big dependency is on questions and the supervisors and managers who have the answers. These are indirect methods. They have varying levels of effectiveness. And the belief is that once we get the right information, we will do the right things the right way, on time and safely. We will behave in keeping with that information and the good results will happen, namely well-made products delivered on time or well-provided services presented with a smile. These companies, us, 
assume these indirect methods are capable of translating vital information into exact behavior because it is that exact behavior that gets you the exact result. Unfortunately, this is rarely, if ever, the case. Other things happen instead. So I'm describing the behavior of the enemy, information deficits. You begin your day determined to produce outstanding results, whether you're a CEO, an operator, marketing, a field rep, supervisor, doesn't matter. Then the unexpected happens. You grab the wrong material if you're an operator or the wrong material is delivered and you didn't notice. You made the wrong model because you couldn't maybe quite make out the work order. You use the wrong tool because, well, the right one can't be found. I can't find it. I got to do something. You overheat the part because the gauge on the oven had slipped or didn't show clearly what overheated means. You intended to do the right thing, but the wrong thing happened. No one questions your motivation. No one. But the workplace is not helping you. What would it be like? And this is the proposition of all of visuality, if the, war, if the workplace became your partner in this. Literally, the tools, the gauge, the floor, the bench. We're talking, again, operator level where it's very concrete to see this. The corollaries with senior management are exact. And most senior managers, let me say as a footnote, do not use visuality in order to help them not just do their work, but do it exceptionally well. They're depending on their memory or their mouth, their charm, (laughs) their hope. But hope is not a strategy. What would it be like if the physical workplace itself could help us make the translation of information into exact behavior, into exact and ideal outcome? instead of books and manuals and computers and training hours and coaching and so on and so forth. What would your day be like if the floors, instead of just holding you up, actually helped you do your work actively and precisely? If borders, and to date, I have identified 19 types of borders that function differently enough to be called 19 types of borders, not just a line that encloses something else, but borders that function. What would it it be like? What would it be like if the walls assisted you in that as well as shelves and carts and materials and machines? What if they became active partners in helping you reach your daily outcomes of safety, quality, cost delivery day after day, week after week, year after year because those physical things will hold Visual information. Visuality speaks through them because we have made it so. We share this vital information, not by talking or answering questions, although that's a middle, middle piece that we have to bridge through, but through the devices themselves. So we're going to pick this up after our next break and make some other points and go into some other results. I'll be here when you get back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is the third part of our show today here at the Visual Workplace. And I am sharing with you, sharing with you uh, a view of visuality that I get very excited about. Visuality is a behavior-based model. It is about changing and designing more than changing, designing human behavior. Designing human behavior for the outcomes that the company represents, the products and the services, the deliverables. That behavior is random when it is not embedded. It is subject to the incongruities, inconsistencies, unpredictabilities of the day if we do not embed it. It becomes responsive to the wrong things if it is not structured in. And by, by, by structured, I don't mean to turn people into robots, but rather to recognize the powerful opportunity of implanting and installing visual devices that hold the vital information that we need to behave in accordance to the work 
specifications and the work content and the timeliness and safety that is required in every workplace, whether it's hospital, factory, open pit mine, office, it doesn't matter. Work is behavior. And that's the point today. When we create a visual workplace, we populate by design the physical workplace with visual devices. And those devices are the informational elements of our day. We make an active partner out of that physical work environment. This is not posters and signs. These are not two-dimensional formats that tell us what to do or even show us what to do, although it is very, very important to document your standards, but I tell you, it is a very, very, very early step. One to be celebrated, to be sure, but the first step of the journey to document the elements of your work, the specs, the hows, the SOPs. When we make an active partner out of the physical work environment through visual devices, we ensure that the complete, accurate, and precise information we need to do that work is available when and as we need it as close to the point of use as possible. This is a mini definition of a visual workplace. The devices become the translation point between your standards and the exact behavior that we need to execute them instead of the indirect messages. I beg your pardon. Instead of the indirect methods I described at, at the top of the show. The physical workplace becomes our partner. We become buddies. And the devices, these visual devices, they are capable of not just guiding us, but directing and limiting us so that the outcome is guaranteed with precision and completeness. Repeatability even in low-stock, high-mix. Reliability everywhere. They transform our physical work area into a gigantic mechanism for adherence with an equally gigantic impact on results. Get the process embedded, the results happen. And you know what? We're free to do our work then. Excellently well, heroes at work. To command and execute excellence. To do ordinary things extraordinarily well. As my sensei, Ryuji Fukuda, used to tell me in the 1980s, he was the head of Sumitomo in the 1960s and 70s. He also climbed, heaven help us, Annapurna, which is, I think, the third highest peak in the world. It might be the fifth in the Himalayas. Annapurna, he climbed it. Oh, my goodness. He was a young man then, but he had this tremendous spirit even then. And I... At the time, a much stronger body. (laughs) Thus goes time. (laughs) Visual devices are the translation point between the vital information that you call your SOPs and your specs and the exact behavior that that information is supposed to trigger. This is where your journey to a visual workplace begins and ends with that information. In a pre-visual workplace, we rely on our words and on questions and on meetings. Too much talking, too much listening. You know how that goes. 
even when the information we need is in a report or binder, it is never close enough. It is not where we need it, when we need it, at our fingertips. But the devices are because we have made it so. And I realized about 15 or 20 years ago, I'm in, you know, I'm in my, my, about my 35th year, something like that, 32nd, 34th, who's counting that the same paradigm of applied knowledge worked just as well, powerfully for CEOs and GMs. The principles and practices of visuality could change the nature of the work content on the sea level because it changed its execution and therefore changed the need of what needed to be do of what needed to be done next. The principles are the same. Information is behavior. Wrong behavior is triggered by the absence of information. So visuality is about changing behavior. Hmm? Translating information into behavior results. So I want to ask you this. To what extent is this news to you? To what extent do you expect this out of your visual transformation, out of the visuality that you're implementing? And many of you are implementing something that you call visual management. We're going to do a show beginning in January. We'll do two or three. No, I'm sorry, in February. We're going to do two or three shows on the difference between visual management and visual performance because it is sizable. But to what extent do you currently track and measure the impact of your visual workplace or visual management initiative on the bottom line? Do you expect it? Do you even measure for it? What does that impact look like in tangible terms? Cost savings due to visuality. Reduced lead times due to visuality. Quality improvement due to visuality. You do it for lean. And certainly Six Sigma is organized around outcomes you can take to the bank. $350,000 worth of cost savings requirement. To what extent do you measure that impact? And do you measure visuality's impact on your work culture? Because it is powerfully, powerfully impacting that if you are implementing effectively. Cultural impact, what does that look like in tangible terms and in intangible terms? Visuality creates measurable and significant bottom line results. I mentioned Stuart Bellamy's results. I will mention the results of Sears Home Products, where we did a pilot in Sacramento, California, for about a year and a half under the leadership of Angie Alvarado. When that pilot began, there were 337 trucks, technicians going out to people's homes every day, and about another 120 folks who supported them. The area was half of California and Nevada, and there were an average of seven home visits per technician per day. Corporate asked us to come in, corporate in Chicago, and they said, look, if you can take five minutes off of each visit, we've got 8,000 people out on the road. There happens to be just 301 in this area. We will make millions. Just take five minutes off. We tried 5S. It failed. 8,000 trucks on the road every day, an average of five to nine home visits. At that time, 
the district we worked with, Angie's District, Angie Alvarado, District Site Manager, District 8368, was ranked 47th in a national field of 67 districts, 47th. One year later, and I would say in lapsed time, it was a, almost closer to two because the pilot started, it grabbed, and then it went deeper. So let's even make it two years. Two years later, District 8368 was number one in a field of 67. The revenues had gone up in a year by $1.5 million. The reschedules went down and the cancellations by 28,000. And that capacity of 28,000 new visits was used with no increase in workforce. And what happened is that, that those five minutes of repair time were never found, but customer satisfaction and quality repair scores and revenues went up. And we're talking basis points here, not just simple percentages. Technicians spent less time in their trucks looking for parts and tools and more time with customers listening, getting better information about the needed repair, offering to fix other appliances, upselling, and that sort of thing. 5S did not get them there. 5S had failed. But they focused on information deficits. They watched their motion and they knew that information deficits were the trigger. And they went after those and made them go away, eliminated them through solutions that were visual. They, each one individually, there was no attempt by design to bring a consensus environment. These were independent technicians who drove their trucks as their own company. When you're out on the road and you come to home base maybe twice a month, you're on your own. This is your company. And there was no way that they were going to agree to trade off their idea of a well-run truck for someone else's idea. They were very fiercely independent and their performance soared. And what we saw there was this formula. Motion was the lever, information deficits were the enemy, visuality was the solution, and the engine was the eye. Translating information into behavior gets results. You know what? I'll see you in a minute. We're going into our last break. I'll be here when you get back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. We're in the last segment of our show today here at the Visual Workplace. This is, in a way, our results show. We're going to be doing results from now until the end of the show. But it is actually larger than that. It is about translating information into behavior through visual devices, through this recognition of the four musketeers, the four elements. Information deficits are the enemy. Motion is the lever. That's our shovel. Visual solutions resolve those things, make the information deficits go away, and the engine that drives that is the I, the individual, who knows how to think visually. This is a competency. It can be learned. It is certainly taught. (laughs) And the results are there, the KPIs. You have to know that. You have to expect that. Track it, count it, find it. You have to require that your visual initiative produces. It's not just a pretty face. It is there to give you a 15 to 30% increase in productivity. It is there to knit your enterprise together on all levels, across all functions. It is the language of your enterprise made concrete and embedded. It is the source of the ROI, the return on that investment. It isn't just cultural. And it isn't just bottom line. You have to know that performance is behavior and that we can design in, you can design behavior in through visual devices. That is their purpose. Lockheed Martin, 25,000 employees. They were challenging for the joint strike fighter at the turn of the century. (laughs) Sounds so ancient. 1997, 98, 99. I think they got it in 2001. It might have been, I think it was November. Lean was very powerful then, but so was visual. We were working directly with them. They called their visual success visual. They like to say success, success, if you get that. (laughs) And there was a lot of contention about which was more powerful. And so 
good scientists and engineers that they are, they conducted an experiment by design in Palmdale at their skunk works. They applied 1,000 hours of success visual only to their fighter jet modification stations. Seven months later, there was a documented 15% productivity increase, but more than that, there was a 700-hour reduction of labor content, of work content per unit, that means per plane, and a complete payback on this 1,000-hour investment in seven units, seven planes. Mm -hmm. They went after the missing information. Semiconductors, Skywork Solutions, used to be Alpha Industries. Before, this is one cell, four months' worth of work. They ran out of chemicals on the average of one to three times each shift, 42 hours per week in downtime, 2,184 hours per year documented, and after, after visuality, no more stockouts, none whatsoever, no runouts of any kind, an increase of production, of productivity of 25%. And a lot of that production, if you know semiconductor, is machine-based and a lot of it is manual-based, human-based. And zero hours of weekly downtime, simply none rolled up. That was reduced scrap of $2.5 million per year, eliminated 7,100 hours of downtime yearly. Reduced walking by 54%, and as I said before, relim- eliminated all rework. Fantastic. These are documented results by employing those four musketeers at Motorola in Seguin, Texas. A complete visual rollout for the entire plant, 2,000 people. All they used was our DVD training system, which was like ancient knowledge. This is 5SN steroids. I did it in 1996, 97. We now give it, practically give it away. I think a, a system or set of tapes is something like maybe $900. It used to be 4000 Still very good. It's just that we've gone further in our research and therefore further in our, uh, the way that we deliver the product and get results. $15 million of reduction in inventory in the first year and a complete work culture conversion. This was a 24-7 plant, and they did their training at night, and everyone was lined up with this. Everyone. A thousand, one thousand in another company, biomedical, one thousand implemented visual devices three months after the launch. Johnson & Johnson in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I thought led by... Margie Miramontes, but in fact, she said no, led by the operators. The operators have completely taken this over. They wanted to, they asked to, we gave it to them, and three, three and a half months later, we have a thousand implemented visual devices. The population at that plant is probably, I think it's about 250 direct labor. Brian Levitin, our man in Australia, in Sydney, a great fan of visuality, great fan of my work, and I'm a great fan of him. Group of 18 engineers in Sydney decided to get visual. Their metric, their motion that they wanted to measure was interruptions. They decreased them through visual devices, and as a result, weekly productivity by their own measure increased by 34%. So much, so much, so wonderful. 
in hardcore manufacturing and fabrication, semiconductors, in offices, the engineering office, in hospitals. At Trailmobile, where before, at the time of our launch, accident frequency was 46%. This is Trailmobile in Toronto. Operational efficiency was 86 and the returns on delivered trucks was $40,000 per month pre-delivery, I'm sorry, post-delivery warranty costs. Those measures improved. A hundred visual thinkers later, later, we like to say, a hundred visual thinkers later, this was about a 140-person direct labor plant. Accident frequency was down to 11%, still awful, but so much better than 46. Oh, my goodness. Operational efficiency was up to 117. More about that in a second if we have time. And pre-delivery warranty cost 3000 instead of 40000 Employee absenteeism was down from eight people per month every month out of 10. I'm sorry, eight out of 10 were absent or 80 out of 100 were absent at some point during every month. Eight months after launch was down to 10%. Not too bad. The liberation and redeployment of 50% of the total production floor space, the square footage, 50%. Supervisor retention up by 25% eight months after the launch. And when gas prices rose and the market dried up, the plant had to cut back to half its employees and efficiency not only was sustained, it was increased by 7%. This is because information is the enemy. Motion is the lever. Visual solutions are the solution, and it's driven by I. I want to read what April Love said. If I can squeeze it in, Nick, please see if you can do it. She said, this visual approach, the one I'm describing to you, has unlocked the potential of our employees. That potential was always there. We just couldn't see it. Now our associates are the driving force behind not just change, but our journey to excellence. And new employees can light a candle from an existing flame where before there was nothing. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I had a great time with you today. I'm signing off. Let the workplace speak. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.